Happy New Year. This is Tony Silva. And Happy New Year. This is Charles Wiz. Yeah, this is episode 106, Two Teachers Talking. We get together with Charles and we talk about teaching in Japan. So we're going to take a look at the upcoming year, see what's happening, what we've got in our heads, and... Uh, focus on um, testing because before final really, testing <laughs> before we can really enjoy anything like a new year there's all these final exams that we're going to have make for ourselves and so we thought we'd talk about that and uh, maybe a way to get a, a mindset and uh, maybe a list of things that maybe we want to keep in mind as we do all that but before we get that um so charles i mean happy new year yeah happy new year tony so yeah, you got a, got a whole list of resolutions. You know, I stopped doing resolutions because <laughs> I realized I'm such a loser that <laughs> you know you write all these resolutions and um, how many of them do you really do? And well, that's a problem. You just don't do them. That's that's <laughs> it's not the resolutions. It's the follow up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm always a source of the problem, but instead of um, you know like okay, I will do this or you know um, I will do this, I will do that. I try to figure out that, okay, I can try to create, I found out, you could tell that I'm really stumbling here. What can I do that can be measurable? So, because usually I'll say something like, okay, I want to talk less in class, or I want to be a better teacher, but that's just such a amorphous thing. But I find that if I kind of create some, you know, it's like I do with the students, right? If I could create some measurable behaviors that I want then I can do something. But those I haven't really defined yet. So, you know, what can I say? How about yourself? What are your resolutions? None. None. Why Why? Why mess with a good thing? I'm perfect as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, not, that, not perfect, but... Uh, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm doing this is a, this is it. There's no there's I can't I can't do any more. I can't do any more. I can't do any better. I'm doing the best I can. And I did it last year. That's my if I have a resolution that's I'll, I'll continue to try to do my best. You know what I th- I just thought of is that I want to do my best with less effort. Yeah, I try to do that too. It, yeah, just, let me let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> yeah, usually uh, the less effort has a direct correlation with my best. Uh huh. But there is a point where you know we're working too hard and you're not getting mm-hmm. a good return a point, on investment. Definitely a, a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. And I think that that's a good thing to look at. And actually, that would be a good resolution to say. You know, where is that point? Yeah, that's what we should be talking about today. That's what we should be talking about today. Should we just figure, try to figure that out? Because that's even a better thing than, okay. Yeah. But final tests is kind of yeah. an important thing to do. And in a certain way, actually, the final test works out as a way to look back at the year. It's not just mm. for the students. It's actually for me. Because if I find out, hey, I'm giving the same test I've given for the last few years. What does it say about my teaching? Either I've nailed my teaching, which is less likely than the fact that I'm just kind of using the same tool and not adapting. Mm. So in that sense, it's a good thing to do. But how many classes do you have to give tests for? And what kind of tests are you going to be giving, Tony? Oh. Yeah, I have that oh, feeling too. See. There, there's so many. There's so many classes. The problem, but so many different kinds of classes. Um, let's see. Uh, four, six, seven of my classes they are oral because they're oral communication classes so there's there's not much of a uh final test component to it. so it's oral um i don't really need to make anything just give them a topic and and give them some time um i have uh three classes on tuesday where i'm required to make a final exam even though it's a communication type class it's it's based on um um, you know, usage and model dialogues or conversations that they've been given during the year. On um, Wednesday, there are four reading writing classes. They will get like a, a regular final exam. Um, and on uh, that's it. So I've got the two different exams, two different types of classes, four seven classes. Hmm. But a lot of the other classes, they have, um, you know, final presentations, um, speaking, uh, again, oral exams, and um, 
choice of projects, either an oral presentation or a written paper, those types of things. So um, just two exams, basically, that I need to make. If I'm, I, I might have forgotten one, so maybe three, but I'm thinking just two. I think that says a lot about how teaching has changed, that we, as much as possible, don't really give a final exam as much as some kind of final project, final assignment. I guess the better term would be final assessment. Well, the thing is, if you're, you know, again, we're teaching, um, a lot of times we're teaching skills, and a lot of time to measure, you know, the, the, the student's acquisition of those skills is, is not a traditional final exam. Uh, in, a, in a case where you're teaching content, that's well, a whole other, ba- you know, another bag of worms. I mean, that's, that's, you know, again, you talked about, you mentioned measurable. Um, when you're teaching information and content, or, or the ability to, to, even the ability to do something with that content, um, which I, we'll, we'll talk about that, probably an important part of uh, any final exam. But yeah, if you're teaching content, then then the the idea of a test beco- comes to the fore. But if you're the, the class is more skills based, then you need to construct some kind of tasks that let the students demonstrate mastery of those skills. And that's hard to do on a paper test sometimes. Yeah. So I guess when we th- to think about final testing or final test, the image comes up of a f- paper test. A paper test, yeah. Multiple choice, true or false, fill in the blank. Or even short essay or short answer, you know, however you do it. But yeah, there's, right. a, there's a question and there's an answer. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're both in the same boat that out of all my classes, I think I'm... I have to write one exam. There's two classes I teach that are the same. So let me go through my classes. Um, No, they're final projects, final presentations. The writing class is a final essay. So it's just one class that I teach that I will give an exam. And that's an interesting decision because that's a large class about 35 40 students in each class two sections lower level students who do not study and in the continuous quizzes that I give them pretty much every week they really do badly they'll very rarely be most of the students will not answer above 70% of the questions correct so the test is also required by the schools. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I give it. Otherwise, I would just use the quiz scores. Mm-hmm. I just have a slightly larger quiz at the end, perhaps. But for those people who do have to give tests, should we go through some basic testing stuff? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, because it, it, you know, it's funny that you said you're just you're making so few tests, and I'm realized thinking about that I'm making so few tests, but it certainly feels like a, a bigger burden than that <laughs> so what are we complaining about well, it's really not that much work but actually it is if you want to do it right it is a lot of work isn't it well the part of me just says that if you're doing it right you're not giving a final exam mm-hmm. i would actually argue that that i think a final exam is some kind of vestige from the past it's uh it especially for what we do when you're as you mentioned we're talking about skills we're talking about the ability to do something it's not a matter of just knowing something and i don't see the value of it and i actually when i'm looking back at myself and i'm thinking that when i give the final exam it's because the school requires it and it's because i I'm not a good enough teacher to be able to get really good productivity out of those students in the circumstances that I have. But when I have other kinds of students, let's say more motivated students or students with higher abilities, I've always chosen final presentations or, you know, for the writing class, of course, there's maybe a small part of the final day is a little test about basic aspects of writing you know, why do we do something and what's this and what's the relationship of a controlling idea to a supporting sentence, perhaps. But that's usually demonstrated anyhow in their papers. So now that I'm really thinking about it, it's, I feel that when I'm giving a final exam, in my situation, it's a falling backwards to a old way of teaching that indicates that I'm not being successful. Or I'm not doing a good enough job in the classroom. 
Well, I, I guess so. If you want to continue talking about like, the why, my of failures. I thought, yeah, I thought we would get to this maybe later on, but maybe we just kind of go with this now. Um, yeah, I, th- I think thinking about the, the the final exams in that way can be like falling backwards, but um, I think with some reflection and some planning, um, you can make the final exam meaningful. Um, you make sure that the test itself matches the goals and they should basically be the same, right? If you've got a certain set of goals for the class, the final exam should test whether or not those goals have been met, right? So it should be a, a close to a very, very close one-to-one correlation there. Um, you know, what, what have you been teaching? trying to teach uh, what have yeah they yeah learned, that makes what sense. have they learned and limit to the okay in testing what it is from that you know not what they knew before not their their test taking ability not their previous knowledge not how good their english is but what it is that you taught and that's really hard to do well that's um, my problem with it um, yeah well it's hard well it's, it's hard to do and well, especially i'm oh, sorry to interrupt but mm-hmm. i mean especially for the class that i have to give the test to is an oral english class it's a, you know, where students are supposed to be able to be communicating to each other using English. And they say, I have to give a written exam. You have to give a written exam. It has to be a written <clears throat> exam. So that's why, that's why I have not chosen to use written exams as a form of assessment in my other classes. I have other kinds of projects. Students do final presentations, problem solution, uh, deb- discussion conversations um you know different kinds of things that you do along those lines well what you're describing is exactly what i the fail a failure of what i just explained right is that yeah when you in your case the goals of the class and the the, the final the written final exam that you have to create are at odds with each other okay but it's a problem situation so let's just assume that there are other people in the same situation like me or you you yeah. have to give a written exam for a class that it actually doesn't match up should we run with that? How would you do that? Um, okay. Or you um, have? Would you prefer to run with some other questions? Well, that's that. That's very practical, and and, and it can take a, you know, a little time, and we we can do that. Um, for example, with the, I'm in in this situation too with one of my classes, with one set of classes, right? It's an oral communication class, and there's a required written test. Um, for the, each topic, each week is a kind of different topic for these kids, and um, the the textbook's pretty useless and so what i have done is for each of the weeks each of the topics um i have made study guides for them which consists of relevant vocabulary which is supplements the the minimal vocabulary that's in the textbook and then i create a longer uh dialogue um and it's it's the same two students it's a it's, it's a women's university so it's two women having a dis- same two girls same two women having a discussion on whatever the topic might be family um you know the, the, you know high school memories etc cetera, etc cetera. and in the uh conversation i give them i include um sets of um key phrases that I, and, and they're they're listed separately, then they're used in the conversations. And so those key phrases um, are the elements that are going to appear on the final exam. And the final exam is basically a compilation of these of these conversations with missing blanks of these key phrases, and then it's a multiple choice. And there are um, choices that they need to make. The, you know, correct, choose the correct phrase or the phrasing, you know, whether it's a tense problem, whether it's a word order thing, they're all, you know, different, and choose the right one to complete that. So um, by, you know, if indeed, as you said, they don't study, if in fact they had looked at that conversation and read it and prepared it or and looked up words that they don't know, in addition to the ones that are specifically on the vocabulary test, um, then, yes, okay, so you, for each class, they should be looking at the conversation. They come to class, um, I give a short spiel, they go into groups, and they can would then be using those sentences, those phrases, those expressions um, in their discussion. And then they are tested on those phrases, words, etc., on the final exam. So that's kind of the way I've approached that problem. Hmm. So then you ch- you're really just checking to see whether or not they... What 
can use them in a written form or they can identify is it a multiple choice what, how are you it's doing multiple that? choice there's there's blank spots so they so, get again they get a comp- compilation of you know it's two or three long two there are two long conversations between these two women on this and, final exam and they're the blank and spots and there's blank spots and then they have a b c d okay so it's a multiple choice it's a recognition question yeah. okay yeah why do you choose to do that rather than just leave it blank and have them fill it in um, 120 students. Right. Period. Got it. <laughs> because I think one of the got key it. elements of making a final exam is it's got to be scorable. You've got, you can't, you know, yes, it would be much more valid if they were to have to produce, uh, you know, the language themselves and write, fill in the blanks. I'm, um, I don't have a final exam, but I do at a, at a different school. Uh, I am required to use a department-generated test, which is exactly like that. But they're, 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 what the students do is like an in, in, incredible amount of writing, timed, very intense. So the kids have to like write entire sentences and complete um, uh, bits of conversation. And But they need to write it themselves, uh, and we have to score that. And it's a bear. Uh, luckily, they're just two um, small classes, twenty each. There's only forty students, but scoring for those ex- th- those tests during the term is an incredible time sink. Mm. And I can't do that with that many students. Uh, there's, it's just not practical. Yeah. So I try to make the items, you know, as you know, not not too difficult, but you, you, it's 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 only recognition, but it's you got it. You got to know it. <laughs> okay, you know it. You, so that's a get, good. It's hard to guess, right? Okay, so I think it would be interesting to know how do you do that? How do you take your multiple choice questions? You have the correct answer. You have your detractors, um, distractors, detractor. Is it distractors? It's distractors, distractor, not a detractor. Okay, mm-hmm. so the distractor. How do you make it so that? I mean, are they small little changes? Is it a comma for timing? Is it word order? Is it tense, for example? What are you changing? All of those things. So all e- of those each things. Each one so be each one would be different. So whether it's it's word order, whether it's depending. Okay, it's first not talking about the past. Okay, there'll be a lot of variations on incorrect uses of the past, as well as like one wacky, you know, out, that's outlandishly wrong, and students will still t- uh, still choose it, but. Um, yeah, it depends on in what it is that I'm testing. And you're doing A, B, C, D. Yeah. Hmm. So I usually do A, B, C, D, E. And well, I'll do, I do one because D, I do D through F. I'll, okay. I'll, it depends on the item. Yeah. The reason is is that I do one. There's the correct answer, and then I'll do one with a tense mistake, one with a subject verb mistake, one with a word order mistake, for example. And then I'll have one with some combination of mistakes or a word choice difference so that at least minimally I can see that if I want to go through everything and look a little bit later and see what's going on, I can kind of look at what kind of mistakes are being made. And then a lot of times I just like throwing in the none of the above, which I know students really hate, but that really lets me know whether they can actually figure something out. Do you ever do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I make frequent use of like um, um, all of the above, none of the above. Mm. And so, the- for example, I use that primarily, and that, that would not appear, for example, in this type of conversation class because there's only one that's right. Um, but, for example, when I teach a presentation class, and they've got a a textbook that that we use. Well, it's a kind of text. It's kind of a textbook. But anyway, they've got weekly reading, and they get weekly quizzes. And because I'm testing on content, yeah, almost every every question's got all of the above, none of the above, right? So mm. I use that less when it's mm, conversation based. Right, content classes. It's really a good thing to use. Mm-hmm. But okay, so we agree that. A lot of what's happening is going to be determined by how many you have to grade. Now, you're doing pure paper when you do your test. Correct. And they're giving you just an answer sheet? Or do this, they... this In this test that I'm thinking of, yes. Okay. And then you hand correct. 
Right. That's interesting because I have them enter the scores into their phones. Mm -hmm. And the test is actually they take the test on their phone and then it's automatically scored for me. And But I do include some open-ended questions so that they have to actually write things in. So if there's 50 questions, there might be 42 multiple choice, let's say, and eight where they type in the answer and I ignore spelling mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so I have a small amount that I have to grade. But otherwise, it's all automatically done. Is there a reason that you don't do a test like that, that you use automatic scoring or have them use their phones or... Yeah, um, sadly, uh, my experience has shown me that um, even if you are very careful in how you structure your test, the, the use of phones uh, makes it a little bit too tempting for them to cheat. Hmm. Um, you know, like locks are on doors to make honest, keep honest people honest. And uh, yeah, I do the paper to keep honest students honest. <laughs> um, it's just too easy. I think the temptation is too great. So, for example, with the test that I just described, right? Um, it's just too tempting to, they have the conversations as part of their study guides. And they just have, go from the PDF to the test and just that the answers are all right there. And there's nothing to prevent them to doing that. Um, and I used to, we, we talked before about the use of Socrative, right? Mm -hmm. as, as a tool. So, I'll, you know, my, my students learn very quickly. Well, they log in as X, go through the test, get the answers, log in then at the end of themselves and put in the correct answers. Wait a second. They log in under a false name? Yes. And there's no way to tell who that was. Oh, see, I've never had that problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, or I have um, had the problem and haven't noticed. But here's an interesting mm -hmm. thing. What I'm thinking about is I use a similar system. I have them either use Socrative or a, a Google form, and I give them an assigned student number. I think I've talked about that before, mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. their privacy is insured. I almost never have a problem, except every once in a while I get a student who logs in twice. But mm -hmm. what I'm thinking now is I did give them a midterm, and it was an online midterm, and I have that those scores. I'm going to give them a paper test, I think, this year, and I'm going to mm -hmm. see whether or not there's a significant drop mm -hmm. in their results. Because if there's a significant drop, then that would be a good indication that mm -hmm. there is something, some cheating going on, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll do that. That's a mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll do that this year. I'll just make it a paper test, give them the answer sheet, and tell them to turn in the answer sheet, and uh, I'll just go with that and see what happens. Hmm. How interesting. Because I've, I basically have assumed that they're not... Me too. Because yeah, their too. information you can, you know, is in the textbook. They'd have to put a lot... None of the information for that class is online at all. For In my situation, for this one mm -hmm. school, we have a textbook... They have their notes, but nothing is online, but nothing stops them from, you know, if they have notes. But then I'm thinking, if they've taken the time to have notes, what are they going to do? Take pictures? Yes. And then I would see a lot of, uh, of uh, what would I say? I'm, I'm swiping, Flipping. right? Yeah. But I never see swiping. I only see tapping. And I'm watching pretty carefully. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. So I think mm -hmm. I'll do that. And then I'll get back to you on that. And see whether or not I have a really large discrepancy between my midterm <clears throat> and my final exam because it's the same students for a year. Hmm. Okay. So just to be sa on the safe side, to ensure that there's no cheating taking place, to decrease the amount of temptation for cheating, you do it all based on paper. Mm hmm. Okay. And then it's just. I hope that changes in the future. There's a, there's a way, to, better way to do that. But right now, that's kind of what I'm stuck with. Yeah, there's just no way to lock it out, is there? Hmm. It would involve something like that. Yeah, but yeah, someday. Right, because they can see you coming around, and then they can just change their screen.
But then you would see students having to tap a home button of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on you, and then you get into that policeman kind of thing. Well, yeah, and I really like to avoid that. Yes, me uh, too. Policeman yeah, I really hate that part. I hate that. I hate, I hate that, that part of uh, having to like tr- treat the students as if they're... Yeah, don't turn me into a policeman. Yeah, kids. that you're cheating. Okay, so you give the multiple choice. You're doing that, and what else is going on on your tests that you recommend for people? I think no, nothing. Nothing, and and, and we, we we started talking, we were talking about why, but I, how? But I I want to talk a little bit about like more like why because we talked about like tests and things. Um, I think you know the the why is like why 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 are we still giving tests? And I said, well, um, I think um, there's a there's a number of, of really big benefits to to final exams, um, and I you know, we've talked about this before about just constructing tests and things is the best tests um teach as as well as test um and i try to make the the tests that i make um learning experiences as well as testing so it's not just to prove what the student has learned it's not to provide you know the teacher just with the data but um what you ask the student to do uh on the final exam um should go beyond to you know what you know the expression here plus alpha, what they've been required to do in class to so somehow pull together, um, synthesize, combine uh, skills or information that uh, they are assumed to have acquired during the uh, semester, and be able to put it together and take that another step, and uh, that is uh, I think it's a. Big, it's a reward for the student when they feel they're able to do that. It's a reward for their effort. Um, and uh, the other part of it is that and I've been reading a little bit of research in, in the last year about how important it is um, to use memory, you know, use memory to get things back, you know, how to study, for example, right? The How the act of remembering or acting, act of trying to remember uh, reinforces learning. So, for example, in studying for an exam, rather than looking at your notes, look at a blank piece of paper and then try to reconstruct those notes or try to write down what it is that you remember. And the act of trying to remember actually reinforces what you have learned. Um, and I think the final exam can can do that as well. Um, and um, I, even if there isn't that extra step, I think a well-constructed test can serve as an example to the student. It's like, look, you can do this now. You're able to do this. You, 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 you have to make, obviously, and care to make sure that, you know, again, uh, completable tasks, uh, let them be, make it easy enough so that most of the students are able to successful to, to complete the exam successfully. But I think they can also serve as, as, as an indicator to the students. Like, yeah, look, you can do this now. And when you started this class, you couldn't do this at all. Um, and that, that's, that's true of any like assignment or any task that you assign, but I think the final exam can serve the same function. We talked about it with um, the presentation class that I had this year. And like when they, uh, I, you know, was, was a real hard ass about no notes, no paper. It's got to be memorized. And when they, you know, a few kids, when they finished their presentation, they said, I did it. I did it. I go, yeah, see? And that, Seeing that joy of accomplishment and the joy of learning, um, you know, when you put together a, a good task or a final exam, I think that you can that can be part of it. So, in terms of the why of the final exam, I think I think there's some validity there. Also, um, it is sometimes um, uh, a good indicator to the teacher uh, to let him or her know like how good of a job has been done you 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 know because you're not just testing the students you're testing yourself were they you know this is this is your report card too how well did the students learn what you tried to teach them and and part of it's them but part of it's you and uh that should also give you some indicators like where you might need to put some attention uh in your in your teaching and where you're maybe not you know, getting for whatever reason not being as successful as you you would like, and can flag different areas, different um, weaknesses that might require your attention. So 
I think the, the test can do all of those things. I think that it can, there, there's some value there. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of drudgery to it, sure. And it's, you know, the structure of it's terrible. All the kids are doing all their reports and their final exams at the same time, and they're not getting enough sleep. And, of course, their study skills are, you know, dismal. And and as we discussed, it's like, then it's left to us to, to do the scoring, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, <clears throat> there's a lot of negative to it, but I think there's some value in there as well. I think that what you said about students seeing what they've learned or that they can do it is one valuable thing, but the problem is for most final exams, they don't get the scores back. It's on the last day mm. and that's the end. And then there's the grade. And when I surveyed this one school where I have these classes and I ask students, which is more important to you, you know, doing some work and getting a better grade or doing the minimum amount of work to get a C so you can get the credits. It's something like 80% of the students, 85% of the students said they wanted to do the least amount of work to get a C. Uh-huh. So... And that'll vary a lot from school to school and right. class to class and major to major. You get a very... I, I know I know the type of class you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the only one I, that I, I, I got. Them that's the, the only one I give a final exam to. The other mm. classes are structured in a way that I can do presentations or... They're smaller. It's interesting, actually, that in some ways that the lower, level, the lowest level classes I teach are in a bigger classroom mm -hmm. or a larger size, usually. And um, but the thing that I was going to say is when I ask students, for example, in presentation classes, and I can see obvious improvement in the students over a semester or over a year, and I say, "Do you feel you've gotten better? That your presentation skills have increased?" improved they'll almost always say no but then if you ask other students to say hey how do you feel about so and so and of course you get into this japanese thing they'll be able to say yeah i think everyone's actually improved quite a bit so if a test could actually serve that purpose to give a student some information some feedback about how well they've done or that they've actually learned something it has real value because students are not so good at self-assessing and really mm. understanding how they've improved but again that would pretty much be true for myself as well. But I think that's a, a valuable aspect of the final exam. But for my students, they never get to see the final exam. Mm -hmm. There's no mechanism the for me that at least I've been informed of. Um, and, you know, the times where I used to give final exams and I could l uh, leave the exam outside my desk, for example, or even um, papers, the final paper, that students wrote for a class, I'd leave it mm. outside my office so students could mm. pick it up. Mm. April, they're all there. Mm. Students never came by. They weren't really interested. I think there, a lot of them are really looking at that final grade, and that's a reality I'm dealing with. So, you know, if other people are in that situation, again, you have to really balance exactly what the students are expecting, what they need, how they're coming into result, um, look at the test, and balancing out how much work it's going to be and what you're going to get back, what kind of information or data you're actually getting back from the test. Yeah. I really don't like giving final exams, and that's one of the big reasons, mm. is that it almost doesn't serve any purpose in terms of providing the student with feedback. Otherwise, I'd have to give the exam the week before the last class, which I did one year. I, 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 know, I know something other teachers do that I don't do a lot, but... see. Um, in this situation where, you know, you're talking about the importance of students seeing the results, have you experimented at all with the students grading their own exams? Well, they grade you know, so their give quizzes. The test. Uh -huh. They always grade their quizzes, but I'd have to give them the exam a week before. And then I think I'd have to have them come back the following week and grade their exam. Or you give them a, a shorter exam. Shorter and, exam and, and they grade, grade in class. Right, right. And then they have a basic idea, but then I have no idea how that affects them. Mm -hmm. But it would give them some feedback. But yeah, it's that's part of the problem is that without the feedback to the student mm -hmm. about how well they did, the final exam only serves the purpose as a grading mechanism or tool overall mm. with some limited amount of feedback to me, information about what students did because... 
as you pointed out, if you have uh, 120 students, given time constraints, you're going to give a multiple choice exam. You're not going to give an exam where it's going to take you a minute per question or even think about yeah, it. it's uh, yeah, 20 yeah, questions yeah. on 120 students. You've got 2,400 questions in 30 seconds. Suddenly you've got 1,200 minutes. You do the math, mm-hmm. right? 20 hours of grading for right. two classes for just a final exam. And that doesn't strike me as being the most efficient way to use my time. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah I think that what is hitting me pretty hard right now is that there has to be a way of shortening the test, making those questions more representative of the general knowledge or skills that I want students to learn, stopping at the halfway point, having students grade their tests, and then having them give me the test, and then I enter the data. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think I'll do that this year, see how that goes. I think I'll try that out. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go on with um, like you know, tweaks like that, like um, alternate, alternate acti- alter- alternatives to final exams oh, or okay. other different things. So, like for example, uh, when you when you were talking early on, you were talking about um, we were talking a little bit about cheating and about them like taking notes and like you know like um, I, I know what other again I haven't done this, but I've seen this students a number of times. Um, when they're just you know preparing for their tests before or after my own class, uh, teachers who encourage them and they say, okay, you can have what, what they call here a cunning paper, a cheat sheet, mm. and you your own notes, you, yeah, your own notes. You're included like you have one piece of paper. You can put as much as you want on one piece of one designate on one B five sheet or whatever. You can put whatever you want, and these kids are writing these little tiny little letters, microscopic little letters. And I'm saying, I'm watching them. I'm saying, this is brilliant. <laughs> they've they've never studied just creating that cheat sheet exactly creating that cunning paper that's that's a, they've never studied this hard exam before and it's, it's going to be great for them you know well, I think, again the the type of test right for us with the with the oral communication that's not a practical alternative but for the right type of class that's great well actually I was thinking that in that situation I would just collect their papers hmm. and grade their papers. Interesting. Do, do a look over their papers, and you know, there's a student who, you know, yeah, you don't have to take the test. You just give me your paper, right? But then, of course, there's a student who doesn't write anything. It says it's all in my head. Yeah. So there's a problem with that. So I think if you could add a question, is that okay? You got an hour. Write it out. Right. It, it, <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm thinking. The test would actually be: you've got your notes in front of you. You got your textbook in front of you. There's going to be a, a test that's going to be put online. You're going to take the test online in the next two days or so, write out your notes, for example, or something like that, right, where you would create some kind of prompt that would do that, and then you just collect their cheat papers, which would tell you, and that would be actually a pretty quick perusal to see what they're writing down. Mm-hmm. How basic is it? How advanced is it? But then trying to actually grade that fairly would be... You're trying to score that in the yeah, time and, required, and, but, right? Just, even just trying to score that fairly, right? Yeah, because one student says, "I don't need to write this because I know that." Or, mm-hmm. but do you when you do give tests, it's always closed book. Do you ever, no, do you ever give an open book? I give book open, test? open books too. Sure, for yeah. even um, the kind of class I'm talking about. Um, I use open book tests for the uh, for I've used it in that presentation class where there's a textbook they have to their readings every week, and my intercultural communication class where they have reading every week, um, and then. Depending on the the specific topic, if it's you know just if I'm just testing content, then no. But if there's synthesis involved, if there's thinking, like for example, I'll give them an example. Um, okay, in this in this context, what is this person doing wrong? What is this person doing wrong? In the presentation class, for example, I, I'll throw up a slide on this on the screen, um, and uh, this was like for example on slide design in an mm-hmm. open book. Okay, describe what's this is a small class, fifteen kids. It's like, okay, what's wrong? How, how what's can I wrong make this, this slide what's better? What's wrong with this slide, right? Yeah, and three, you know, five things. One, two, three, four, five. Tell me five things that are wrong. Well, that class makes sense to do open book because you would be sure. making your slides. You'd be at home and you'd be using resources. Okay. So again, the, yeah, the, different type of class. The, right? Those are those assessments are easy for me to make. I think 
but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're good. But yeah, I've I've done things. That I I prefer actually open book because I think that's more natural. It's more realistic. You know, it's a very rare situation where you're going to be in 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 life where you're not going to be able to look at your notes. Because you think about it. Imagine someone sure, at course, a business yeah. meeting in, going in without notes. Everybody yeah, would look in real life. You've got all kinds of resources at your disposal. Right. Exactly. Um, and people would uh, look askance at you. Right. If you right. had no notes. You know, it's like the time when I've seen presentations and the person just talks off the top of their head. And most of the time, it's not that good of a presentation. Mm. So I think the open book, as much as possible, is good. Uh, another alternative, it's kind of a weird one, requires a little bit more work and grading, but is to give students like a dialogue and then have them write 10 or 15 questions about that dialogue. So they make their own test questions. That was my next question. I was going to ask if you had experimented in uh, getting students involved in actually making their own exams. Yeah, that was yeah I next, have I done that. I have done that. I have done that. And it's worked sometimes and not worked other times uh, a lot. And you get into a whole thing about grammar because there'll be a lot of grammar errors. And mm -hmm. they tend to make – you have to specify that it has to be an open-ended question, for example – Mm. If you don't do that, you're going to get, did he read the book? Does he like movies? Does she, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, yep. So you've got to be very clear about explaining that. You have to give an example. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I've also played around with giving students a choice of working in pairs or groups or working alone to do that kind of test. That's what I was. Uh, that was my next question. Is like, yeah, um, the whole idea of like maybe students testing each other, mm. right? Um, either in pairs or groups, and um, gets a little hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. but what you can't it's really hard to separate that from like the from the uh, you know popularity contest. Well, it's not just that. Let's say and bullying, right? Exactly, and it's there's just no way to ensure that somebody's not. Right, you know, being on the receiving end of either excessive, you know, likingness yep. from yep. whatever, for lack of a better term, mm. from other people, or like, you know, the, you know, there is a student that the other students are uncomfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get into that. So that's why I tend not to do that. But if I, I have had students, for example, write 10 questions. That's the test is you have to write a question from unit number one, unit number two, unit three, et cetera, et cetera. And I've given them the choice of you can work in pair, you can work in a group, or you can work alone. And that the grade is distributed amongst the two or three people. And that gives people a little bit more freedom, but I still have problems because, again, there's a student who might not be the most popular in class who feels isolated and alone. And so I've given up on that. And I've, again, default back to just me giving the test to students because it's easier and there's less worry Mm. about somebody being in an uncomfortable psychological situation. How about yourself? Um, not for final exams. Um, I, I do, I do a it lot for of quizzes, um, yeah. I do it for, um, uh, well, with the presentations, in, not in presentation classes, but in presentation classes too, but I've got small ones, so kids are doing um, in front of class presentations. But in my big classes where presentations are part of it, um, Yes, uh, peer evaluation is a real big part of it, um, and um, I've kind of, you know, they have to decide who's who is best, who is second best, who is third, and, you know, and then the, the rest and things, and that's entirely on the students. But these are high level students; are fairly serious, mm. and for the for the most part, they they're serious about their studies, so they don't screw it up. They they do it pretty straight. Um, but no, not for final exams. Right. Um, Take-home exams? What do you think? Uh, very hard to make a good take-home exam. Mm -hmm. Not a good thing for lower-level students or unmotivated students. Mm. Works well with motivated and higher-level students, but depends on the task. But a presentation is basically a take-home test. Sure. Um. You know, prepare for the discussion. As is a final paper. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a take-home test. So 
I don't use I have not really done that except as presentations. I mean, the thing that I like about final presentations and I like about final papers is that it allows I always do the final presentations two times. Mm -hmm. The next to last class and the last class so that they get feedback and they have a chance to improve and then I take the I do the same the grades, right? That I has built-in feedback. So I'm actually beginning to wonder whether or not I should give them a final exam. Maybe I should do this next year. Give them a final exam and then they grade it right away. They see how their grade is and then they get the final exam again the next mm -hmm. week. What do you think? I like it but it it's um doesn't have to be exactly I, the same but exactly that, that's what i was saying is like what i would like to see because what i would like to see there because because then it's just like you know where teacher where are the answers okay there's the whole emphasis on the answers but if the initial test for example was multiple choice and then the sec the second one just was they had to like write the right correct answer mm. Well, I do that mix. And you get a scoring problem. Right. I do the mix, mm. I told you, in this one school. And the students score very high on the multiple choice and very poorly on the, mm. you know, the productive answer. It's amazing to see that. But this would, like, with, when, with doing the test twice and then bridging it, that would, like, maybe... Exactly. Transfer some of their test-taking skills into actual production maybe okay so here's what you do right something let's see if this works you make a multiple choice test let's say 30 questions mm -hmm. 35 or 37 39 by the way right yep. we should definitely point that one out yep 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 i don't know why people think that they still have to do even numbers when you can use yeah, a spreadsheet 25 questions right you could use you could do 29 27. questions, <laughs> 23 fine. questions, and you're still going to come and let this, this, the spreadsheet will give you the results, right? It's just, a, I, so you don't have to pad a test anymore. Yeah, there's no reason, there's no unnecessary item. Yeah, there's no reason to have an unnecessary item, exactly. So let's say you do the test and 30 multiple choice questions and then students score themselves. They get to see how they do and then you say, okay, next week. It's going to be 10 productive questions. We're going to give you a question and you're going to have to write out the answer and then see how they do. So the first test's already scored. You just have to enter those numbers in. And then the next, but you still have 120 students. That's 1,200 answers to mark. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm, the problem, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you probably, and then you have to figure out, and here's the thing when students do that. You know, you have what's a perfect answer, a minimally acceptable answer, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? How much do you count for grammar? I mean, if you can figure that out and you can get it down really quickly, you're okay. Or you say, I'm not going to worry about grammar. I'm looking for whether or not they understand. But it's it's just very hard and difficult. But maybe that is a way to do it, is to have them grade. And so they get immediate feedback. But there's no reason. What would be... A final exam, I'm trying to think, what's the value of a final exam in terms of how I'm going to do the final year? And what's the value of a final exam when it's the last Engl required English class a student will take? And I'm not really sure there's much of an answer to that. Well, I think that's beyond the scope of, of the teacher. I think you really have to limit your universe to... Um, the class that you're teaching, teaching, and you know, you you have no control over the curriculum of the school. You know, you've got a class to teach, and you may or may not be able to set your own goals. Um, and you you have your goals, and you sit down, you figure out what you think is the best way for these students to reach those goals, and then you create an instrument to measure um, how well they've achieved those goals, and um. You might, for example, in, in in your goals, incorporate some kind of, um, you know, universal language uh, usability, uh, which you think that, for example, they might use. Like, sort of, if, for example, if they're, you know, business majors, you might might skew your content a little bit more toward 
the language that they would use in a business environment. You know, if they're artists, it might be something else. If they're going to be teachers, maybe something else. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think we can go too far into like, for example, this is their last required English class. Um, I think that's a slippery slope. If you get into like, you know, the existential meaning of teaching foreign language in Japan, I think that ends up you in the gutter with a bottle. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty dangerous cliff. Um, you maybe you want to stay away from that if you can. Um, I'm just, you know, just real, realistic, realistic objectives, I think is a real big part of it. Very true. Very, very true. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that looking at it, it's the last test the students will have. 95% of the students or 90% of the students at this school will not go on to take any elective classes because I've surveyed them on that and asked them about that before. So they're mainly just wanting to pass the class. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what's the value of feedback. What I'm thinking about, and this is something that we have discussed a little bit, is does it actually even make sense to say, you know, I'm going to teach the textbook, and then I'm going to give them a practice TOEFL test for the midterm, and then give them a practice TOEFL test for the final, a prepared test, and see how they do. And say, well, you know, if you've been studying, if you've been practicing, you should be able to get a certain level or score. Or should you even, I think there's a question you have of, should you use pre-made tests? Well, I was going to ask you about that too. If you use like the textbook publishers exams at all, ever, if you've looked at them. I've looked at them, but I've never, um, you know, I think I used a couple once, but the problem was that I had to go through and I never use every chapter of a textbook. Right. And I don't use every section. That's uh, been my thing too. There's so much adaptation that I. It's easier well just for me to make my own test. Yeah. Right. Again, that's when it comes down to it. It's like you know, it's like textbooks, right? Sometimes it's just easier for you to make <clears> your own material. I think I think they're I think they're uh, valuable. For example, for like a, a newer teacher who hasn't had a lot of experience making tests, that are a good a model or a starting point and. Mm. At the same time, I would, I would, I would tell that person to say, "Well, you know, you know, bud, you don't have to do it exactly like that. If you don't like that question, just don't use it, or put in your own. It's like this is, this is, you know, a starting point, but don't be afraid to, to, you know, edit <laughs> with, with malice, with if prudence, necessary. with prudence, right, <laughs> with discretion." Yeah. Right, and and know why you're doing this stuff, but yeah, I, th I think they're valuable there. But is with same as you, it's like for me, um, the the amount of editing that needs to get done kind of makes it less useful. Well, you know, I'm beginning to think now of a hybrid model, in a way, for lack of a better term. Hmm. What would happen if you go into a class? I'm thinking out loud here, so it's not well thought out, but it's just what's kind of developed. If first day of class or second day of class, you give them a practice TOEFL test mm. or TOEIC test. Mm. They get their score. You teach them the stuff and you say, look, you know, your TOEFL score or TOEIC score should go up if you're actually learning this material that I'm teaching, which is not for the test, but it's actual English stuff that's included in the textbook. Midterm, you give them a TOEFL test again. You measure the difference, right? Then you curve it based on how much the scores have improved. Then you give them a final test. Again, do the same thing, difference between midterm and final, and use that as your test. What do you think? I don't like it. Don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that a TOEIC or a TOEFL test will accurately measure what it is that I'm teaching in the classroom. If my teaching is... Oral communication and the skills involved in speaking to another person, I'm not sure how well any of that will transfer into, for example, the vocabulary that's emphasized, like in a TOEIC exam. Okay. I granted that, but I'm saying I'm so not I sure. So I think a test, should, a test should really test what it is that you've been teaching. Okay. Fair enough, because one, is, so it's more of a an achievement test rather than a skills mm. test. Okay. Yeah, and then there should, there should be some kind of peripheral... Um, uh, what's what's the word? After glow or halo effect 
it should yeah somehow enhance their scores on on the standardized test but that's not what i'm teaching okay i was just thinking that if but the toefl test ideally is measuring language ability the other thing i'm beginning to think is much more of a vocabulary component and really focusing on the vocabulary that's been the students have been exposed to in the class mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. giving that a whole lot more weight especially if it's for example if it's a reading class yeah but i'm thinking even of my oral english class that even then vocabulary having the words is going to help them communicate a lot better absolutely but and again it's like and for myself i add that vocabulary to uh, what I teach the students, and it is represented on the final exam. I, I do but that too. If I'm not, yeah, but if I'm not teaching the words, I'm not going to put them on the no, final exam. No, of course exam. not. But what I'm thinking is, rather than just having them as part of the questions, mm-hmm. what about just a pure vocabulary check? Uh, I do that too. Okay, I do see, that. I, 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 I don't separate do that. section with just vocabulary. I don't do that. But I'm beginning to think maybe that's a that might actually be even a hundred percent on vocabulary, just to see what happens. And mm. but just making the questions in a in a interesting way, so which I don't know how I would do that right now. But yeah, I think that the best solution that I've gotten from just talking about this, Tony, is to cut down the size of the test mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on that final day. Have the students correct their own paper, and then I check the corrections and do final grading on, let's say reduce it down to, let's say, instead of having eight or ten open-ended questions, reduce it down to three or four. Mm-hmm. And students will get immediate feedback and know how they've done. Other, I think otherwise, that, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that this year. I think with making tests, I think as a general principle, I think that's. Um, I think that what you just said is, is, is an important thing. You really, uh, when you're making a final exam, take a real good look at your items. Um really pare it down because a lot of them really don't mean anything yeah i'm not saying that i'm not i'm not dissing your your test making skills but they might not be necessary i think the final exam is not necessary (laughs) (laughs) it's not measuring what i need to measure it's a requirement so given Mm -hmm. that the requirement right but make sure the questions are good but i'm thinking the big thing is that what i the best thing i can do is to give the students an opportunity to see how they've done. So when they walk out of the class, they can go, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to pass or I'm not going to pass. But you know, I don't know how many of them are going to actually say, ah, oh, you know, I did okay. I learned well. I'm just wondering what percentage will do that. But I think it's all over the place. Again, this is, it depends on the school, depends on, on the, the students, major, depends, it depends on the class. On the class. Yeah. Yes, there's too many variables. Because there's such there. a huge variation. Because right. I've, I've, seen, I've seen some kids that are just like, they're so competitive and they they want to see their score they want to see what they did they they really want to do well yeah and i got other kids they just you know throw it on your desk on the way out and they could they could care less as long as they pass the class exactly. they don't have to take it again exactly and it's it's and, and everything in between everything in between and it, you know it's, it's like essays or like you know whatever presentation kids come up after class please look at this and and, and tell me how i can make it better i was like oh geez uh, yeah the gamut Right, the, the infinite range, an infinite range. Okay, maybe so, a good um, place to wrap I, I, up. Yeah, yeah, I've I've made kind of a checklist, and I will add to it based on what you said here, and I'll put that on the web page for people if they want to take a look at it. Um, yeah, no sense to to you know read it to you. <laughs> Some teachers' lectures. No, I'm going to sit here and read this list to you, no, but it'll be up there in case people want to take a look at it and kind of summarize main points that we've talked about and uh, maybe maybe a couple other things. Yeah, checklists are great. But, uh, just something to look at when you know before you sit down to make your test. You know, have a cup of coffee or a, a shot of booze or something and think about this. And again, I think the big thing is uh, what you talked about, like you know, really. You don't need that many questions. You don't need that many items. Think harder about um, the quality of the items that you've got and what they're really asking. Um, make sure that um, the level of difficulty is such that most of the students. I mean, you want to spread. You want some like you want some giveaways so that the you know the, the lower level students can get an answer right. Um, do you want you want some questions that only the best students can answer, and you want like a, you know a, a lot of them in the middle that you know people 
with some thought or able to do. And then I think somehow put something in there that is a little bit new. The students have to synthesize something, put together um, elements of what they've done in class or what you've taught them and where they can put it together in a, in a, a new different way. And that extra little something maybe we're at the time that they have to sit in the classroom with their final exam. Very good. Hmm. And if you did that, you'd get a perfect curve. <laughs> right? I was I was seeing the curve just getting created while you were explaining. That. It was like, oh, that's right. There's some answers that the lowest level students could get. Then they're the answers that the middle students will get. And then there's only the answers that the top level students. And you get a perfect curve. You get the perfect curve and the kids learn everything and you score it like in 10 seconds. Exactly. That's a perfect test. test. Okay. (laughs) Well, Tony, I think that's a good place to wrap it. I believe so. Okay. So, again, Happy New Year to you, Tony, and yours and to all our listeners. That's right. Hope it's a great year, 2019. Hope the hell it's better than the last one. What a weird year. Let's not even start that. Let's not even start with that. But. My year's ending. My year. All right, ever onward. Good news. So I'm happy. And into uh, the breach. Yeah. So you be well. And we'll <laughs> talk to you soon. And we're. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Soul. And two teachers talking. Bye. Alrighty. righty.